We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About, about, about. So yet again, folks, we have had another. How long has this been? A smooth, oh, like right, hours. like three hours. Counseling <laughs> session, and because we both counsel each other, we cancel out the we cancel out the fee. So really, yeah. there's no charge. It, it's free because honestly, I feel like. I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like I will owe you a whole lot of money. <laughs> a whole, whole lot of money. <laughs> I ain't got money like that. <laughs> like, these free counseling sessions. And it's like, it's always, you're dealing with, like, my right now life. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then, like, dealing with the right now life connects me to, like, the yesteryear life. And then it prepares me for, like, the tomorrow life. It's just, it's a lot of work that you do. <laughs> But it's it's good because we end up like talking through things and then we're like, oh, wow, like I see it from your perspective. And that helps me connect to other things that I may have overlooked dealing with other people. And it's like, oh, I get it now. Like I was kind of hard on them and I just didn't get it. Like I was like, it really was a gap. I'm really like clueless. Um, yeah. And then it's, it makes me wonder how many other people like miss out on different things or, or situations of people because it's kind of like, man, you were, we were just clueless. Like we had no idea that this was happening on the other side. And that's, I guess why communication is so important. I was just about to say, I think that's why people say like communication is key, but it's always good to communicate with people that are may not, that may be different from you and don't think the same because you can get another perspective that, honestly will just jack up everything that you thought and not so much because you know you thought that the person was completely wrong it's just that you didn't un- you couldn't you, it, you because didn't you, understand. You, yeah you didn't understand like you don't even have the basis to try to understand it you know what i'm saying so it's just kind of mm-hmm. like i was so completely off like i would have never even got to that i don't know how you got <laughs> to that point <laughs> i don't even know how this makes sense to you Cause it makes zero sense to me. And the fact that you can actually explain it to me in a way that starts to make sense is like, you know, what's some other things that's at play here. Like I, I say this all the time and you know, this is no knock to anybody for what you believe, but I, there, I say this to you all, this, ha- there has to be a guy that has, to, there, <laughs> you know, I'm the type of person that I'm just not finna sign up for stuff like that. I just don't, no, I'm not doing it. I don't, <laughs> It, it doesn't make any sense like why do i have to work out a problem that i don't even think is a problem anymore because i just like chuck the deuces <laughs> up and you know two fingers like a player and i'm moving on like i'm operating in the space as if you no longer exist and then like for some reason i see a picture this picture <laughs> takes me through this whole narrative that has nothing to do with you directly i think and then we go all the way around to something else and then show up to something else. And then lo and behold, we round off with dealing with the the current problem in my life that I'm saying is not even existent. And I end the conversation with saying, this problem exists. Here's the problem that I have. 
Here's what and I need to all do to connected. fix it. And it's all connected. It started from a picture that was on the Facebook, which I rarely check. And somehow I checked it as I'm having this conversation with you. It, it's just... I don't sign up for this kind of stuff on my own. That's what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is there has to be something else going on that I can't see and that I'm not cognizant of because I'm, I don't do this kind of stuff. (laughs) And you know, I have to, as you're talking, I have to repent to face, I mean, not to, to our listeners because in my frustration and in my anger and in my bitterness that I was working through, I said, only be friends with people that get you. Well, if that's the case, we would have never had the conversation that we had today because all your friends that get you are telling you, yeah, you're right. That doesn't make any sense what's happening. And then you get with somebody that got a different experience and they start talking to you and be like, Oh, wow. That's what that was. Like, right. And they don't even so have to say. I gave y'all some bad advice, so yeah. just scratch that. Don't listen to me, y'all. You know. I'm sorry. I'm a work in progress. I get it wrong sometimes. We all I, just out here trying to know, figure it out. sometimes when you get asked to somebody this other day, when you're giving it, check if the person is bitter or hurt when they get advice, because <laughs> it's a good chance. It's some advice you might need to give away. And at that time, I wasn't in the best emotional state. So I'm going to take that as an L. And anybody who listened to me, don't apply that to your life at this time. Make sure I'm good before you listen to me. Right. I'm just... I'd be off sometimes. Yo, we are, we all out here learning for real, for real. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I done gave y'all some, some very, you know, just kick them to the curb. <laughs> Keep on moving. And then you have a conversation with somebody and it's like, oh, man. Um, well, you feel maybe. so bad. You start right. feeling bad. Maybe like, mm-hmm. I should think about how they feel. Maybe I should listen. So, well, yeah. So, we just had a breakthrough. Um, welcome to another episode of Brunch Culture. Um, we done came out two different people. Exactly. The show where everything literally is up for discussion. Even parts of your life that you don't even want to talk about. <laughs> it is up for discussion. So if you listen to this show, you know, you might get uh, called out on some things unintentionally. I, you might not even know what's happening. I don't even. I am a host and a creator and all of these things for the show. And I don't even know this stuff is happening. So... <laughs> If I don't know what's going on, you know, <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a cause for celebration. It's a little, let's, you know, let's shout and be merry. Um, so let's get into this week's scroll. So this week. You know, what um, this made me think of, like our conversation, Kevin Hart start on the Hollywood Walk of Fame because I saw a picture with him, his ex-wife and his new wife and his kids. Right. And I said, that's some grown up stuff right there. And did you see that apparently he, I I guess they asked him about, you know, him having his ex-wife and his wife there. And he said something to the tune of like his first marriage didn't work because he messed up. Mm -hmm. So it's like. You know, that's some grown up stuff, right? So I'm, I'm sure I'm thinking about uh, this it's Tori, right? Tori Hart. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure Tori is just that mind her business. She don't reconcile all the stuff she need to reconcile. You know, she good. She showed up. This is a, a very, it's a great occasion for the father of her children, her ex husband, um, probably her now friend, and he admits to the entire world that the reason we didn't work out is because I messed up. 
she probably wasn't expecting that. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, mm -hmm. I'm telling y'all, this stuff just come out of nowhere, yo. You just be, you don't be ready. Like, people, I was telling Lisa, you'd be like, oh, you know, he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Sometimes he just show up. <laughs> and you didn't pull out the Uber app, the Lyft. You didn't phone a friend. Nobody was requested. And then, like, things just show up. And it's just like, wait. But I wasn't even asking about that. But you showed up and you just worked it out. And Right. Yeah, I'm just like, man, that's some grown up stuff. So if Kevin Hart can do it, you know, and Kevin Hart, you know, by me being in the world of ministry, there's some people in ministry that can't even do this. And Kevin Hart just a comedian. Just mad, mad respect to him to be able to be that grown. And I just, I have so much like my respect level for him and just that whole thing, just that was to me to see that picture. It's just like I'll, when I saw um, Tina Knowles, like I have so much respect for Tina Knowles for being in the picture with Matthew Knowles and being right. like promoting Matthew Knowles after all that. Like, right. My respect level for Kevin Hart, Tina Knowles, all the Knowles family is through the roof um, for that because it's nothing like you're just demonstrating what forgiveness is. Right. I, I posted something the other day. You can't have unconditional love without forgiveness and reconciliation because until you forgive somebody that you're really, your love is kind of conditional predicated on how an incident that goes wrong, the incident between you two goes. Yeah. And on the other side is forgiveness. It's unconditional love. So man, shout out to them stars showing out showing us how to do, live life out here just you know changing the world changing the world one forgiveness at a time <laughs> somebody else that is changing the world that i gotta just give a, a great shout out to because i did uh, the last episode of the show i did a toast and i was definitely asking y'all to stand for this album a seat at the table is the number one album in the country um, yeah, Solange. Which is dope. Y'all know how I feel about Solange's album, um, A Seat at the Table. Again, if you haven't heard it, you need to go to, I say go buy it, but because a lot of y'all don't buy no more. And I think I'm the only old antiquated person that's still buying albums. Uh, you can stream it. It is on Apple Music. Um, and yeah, it's a dope album. It's just a really dope album. And I'm just really glad to see that it made it, made it to number one. Um and her and Beyonce are the the first sisters to uh, both have number one albums on the Billboard uh, Top 200. So that's really dope, too. Shout out to Solange. I tried to drink it away. Hey, but don't sing it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Just, just <sighs> We told you, you're part of the... You weren't a part, at first, We tried to make you a part of the, the hand clap ministry, right? But your ministry was praising them with your mind. That's what you <laughs> It's Silent a, praise. It's all a mental thing. SP. It's rather SP. <laughs> a silent praise. It's all in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to speak of somebody who needs to keep their mouth shut and keep they, they, uh, everything silent, not just their praise, everything needs to be silent. Donald Trump, again, is self-destructive. Uh, he does this stuff to his own self. He can shut up at any time, but he continues to talk. And then his past conversations are coming back to haunt him. He done got Billy Bush back fired. Um, 
because uh, his inappropriateness, but that's Billy Bush. He he can't blame it on Trump. He got to take responsibility for his own ignorance. Right. Trump with the tapes. Like, dude, like, why are you groping women in their private? Like, you know, I just... And then you... The thing about me, the thing that really got me is that I, as soon as I saw that, I thought about Central Park Five and how hard he went. And now he talking about them. How how do you have the nerve to even talk about them right. when you got here assaulting women? Exactly. But it's... So... I laughed when I first heard it because I think I saw it on like Instagram or something. And I thought it was like a joke. Like I thought it was the guy, um, the actor from Saturday Night Live. He does like a really good Trump voice and it's like in a comedic way. So I thought that I was like, oh, he put it out because I saw it. I think it was on Instagram. It was like a picture of Donald Trump and he was saying it. It was like a conversation and they just played like that part. So I was like, dang, like, you know, Saturday Night Live, like y'all, you know. Y'all funny, but like, dang, y'all really trying to like go there and push it out. And then, like, a f- my friend sent me an article, and it was actually no, like, this is a real tape of the real Donald Trump saying this. And then I just became immediately disgusted because it's just like this guy is like, no, like this is wrong. Like, I don't think any woman on the planet would honestly want you to. I mean, even touch her hand, let alone like her private area like come on bruh and that just it's it really is disgusting it really is disgusting and it's it's so sad because i was having a conversation um a friend of mine sent me this article today and basically it like lists these things that donald trump has done wrong and it was saying like that idea of if if this were president obama would he be president Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. And I think everybody knows that. But it, it for me, I was like, what this shows, though, and th- the thing that comes out is it becomes very, very obvious of the privilege that he has as a white male. And he can just kind of do and say what he wants. And people always find some sort of way to pacify it. Like, it is never just his fault. And he even in this situation apologized. And so then now the, the story is, oh, it was just locker room talk. And the one chick, I don't know if you saw that clip of the one lady basically saying like, oh, well, this is just as bad as Hillary Clinton because she listens to rap music. And then she cites Beyonce's music and says like, oh, well, Beyonce curses in her music. Hillary Clinton says that she, Beyonce is her icon. So it's just as bad as Donald Trump saying that. What? what kind of reach is that? Like, what are you even talking about? This is not a thing. How can we get to this place where we think that somebody singing lyrics for entertainment is the same as somebody that is trying to be the president of the United States? And it's this statement coupled with everything else that he said. He's trying to be the president of the United States. And we just say, oh, well, he's just in the locker room talking like. No, we actually have like hardcore evidence of people saying the miss the old the former Miss Universe saying like, oh, yo, he called me fat. He actually made me get on TV and start losing weight. Um, you know, did brought cameras in to monitor me working out and all this other stuff. Like, this is this guy's heart. This is how he thinks. Like, you have to know that this is this individual and this is not right. And this is not someone that you want to be making decisions for your country, because if you are not rich, a a rich white male, you probably aren't going to be considered because he doesn't care about anybody else. Mm -hmm. And I, 
So I'm frustrated because my the my school I graduated from Liberty University, Jerry Falwell decided to open up his mouth. Um can in in saying, Oh, it's deplorable, but Hillary Clinton, her support of killing unborns and her record is deplorable is a worse. And Yikes. we're not all sinners. We're all sinners here. So how are you gonna compare if we're all sinners? Why are you putting her her sin over his? Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, you know you're both saying we're both sin. They're both sinners. But Hillary doesn't. She's not gonna protect religious liberty, and Donald Trump is. Mm, I don't know if he is. Like I don't think you should base your vote on that. Right. Um, I don't know if he's protecting anybody's liberties but his own. I just, I, I that's so interesting to me because you're not protecting religious liberty in essence across the board if you are perpetuating Islamophobia. It's a, it's a, what are we doing here? Like yeah. that's not religious liberty. It's... Um, so you're you're basically not you you're you want him to protect Christian religious liberty, not. Christ, not religious liberty in general, in general because it's right. not because you wouldn't isolate Muslims. So it's just interesting and then to say we're all sinners and we all make mistakes. Well, if that's the case, why are we even having this argument about morals in politics? Like, I just don't understand. Right. I just... Oh, he continues to frustrate me, Jerry Falwell. <laughs> and I don't want to send him another letter because you remember I sent him that long email about Trump. He never responded. But again, you know, it's just frustrating. This is the world that we live in. And so, um, yeah, this is where we at. I was about to say something really inappropriate, <laughs> but we're not going to say that. So, um, <laughs> what else we got on the scroll this week um well, this week we want to definitely lift up the fact that it is brunch call uh, not brunch culture it is breast cancer awareness month and correct. it is domestic violence awareness month and those two are critical we definitely want um women to definitely get their mammograms and get checked mm-hmm. and in addition if you are definitely in a domestic violence situation or you know a friend um, there is a domestic violence hotline that you can call. Um, and I have the number right here to share with you. It is 800-799-7233. I'm sorry. I was kind of like, uh, yeah, yeah jumping ahead of you. <laughs> oh, you good? Yeah. I just went, I was, I remember I put, I actually uh, pulled it up like right when we, we started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, just so I can have it because I remember that we we wanted to say that, but yeah. So the the number is eight hundred. It's one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three. And um, just in the, in the in the heels of us talking about this on brunch culture, I I think that is kind of the theme of what why we do what we do and the reason that we have brunch culture and we want to have these conversations and we believe so much in communication and and, and communicating like we started the show off talking about how therapeutic it was for us just to kind of talk in general and how it kind of brought out some things that we didn't know that we're going to be brought out in just in conversing i think this is why it's really important for in light of Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Domestic Violence Awareness is important for us to push that we should have conversations with people that are in our lives. You'll be surprised how much stuff you can find out from people when they get comfortable enough to talk to you. 
on a very real um, and vulnerable level. So if you have people in your life, whether you suspect um, something is going on with them or just, you know, if you don't know, just on a regular basis, make sure that you guys are having, you know, open, honest and candid conversations so that you can find these things out. And if you know someone that is suffering from domestic violence, make sure that you encourage, continue to talk to them, but encourage them, you know, to seek help, to get out because there's so much help out there um, for people that are in domestic violence situations, as well as people, you know, that might be, uh, trying to going to get a mammogram checking or afraid going to get tested um get a it's a it's called a biopsy right um, a mammogram um, when they actually test the tissue isn't that called a biopsy i don't know i could be wrong uh, I don't know. i'm sorry guys. I'm a, i want to um, say yes but then i'm being, i might too. be she's probably going to be like what is your get your get yourself together you know i went to theology school so i don't know yeah <laughs> you know I, the smooth mpa and accounting degree they didn't teach me any of this but I think this is good. But anyway, if you know somebody that, you know, thinks that has any reason to believe that they uh, might have breast cancer, like definitely be there for those people and just encourage them to talk about how they're feeling. Because just like anything in life, we're going to go through good times, bad times, highs, lows, ups and downs. But it's really important for you guys, for us to keep talking to each other and, and keep just believing in this theme of, of brunch culture and what we do. Like everything is up for discussion. We're going to talk about everything, good, bad and different um sometimes it's going to be funny sometimes it's going to be fun sometimes it's going to be really serious but it's good for us to keep having those conversations so um in light of both breast cancer and aware awareness months and domestic violence month, awareness month this is what we want to do and you got we got anything else for the squirrel lisa that's it all right so we will be back for our wow. main dish Alright guys, and we are back with our main dish. Yes, I'm not singing anymore it's for y'all. Very pleasure <laughs> for it. I want to be considerate of y'all. It's being ripped. See, look at that. The people love it. The people just love your consideration. Um, so this week, uh, for the main dish, I wanted to talk about um something that it's been pretty interesting to, to see people talk about. So, of course, Birth of a Nation came out this week. It actually, um, I think it officially hit theaters on Friday. I actually saw it on Thursday night. But mm-hmm. um, so the numbers came in on Monday uh, about its first weekend sales. And um, people are calling it a flop. A lot of people mm-hmm. are saying that, you know, the movie failed. Apparently it did seven million, seven point one million dollars. And the expectation from uh, apparently Fox was that it was going to do between seven million and I think it was like 11 million or 13 million or something like that. Um, so, you know, people are still saying it's a flop because it did. It, it did seven million. It did bad. It was like I think it was the number six movie uh, premiere this weekend. You had so many other movies that came that that came five other movies that came before it, and so of course people are saying it's a flop. And there's this one piece that we read from Medium dot com that a young lady wrote that points to black feminists being the reason that the movie flopped. On top mm-hmm. of that, I've seen a number of people on uh, a number of posts on Instagram basically saying how detrimental it is. I actually just saved the article that I saw as we were sitting here uh, preparing to record earlier. Um, there was this article. This is an article that said 
it kind of just the headline says like how detrimental it is to uh not go see um uh, birth of a nation and how how bad it is and so you know basically people are trying to figure out why this has been this whole thing of why so this one article that we that I want to talk about that was on medium that I sent to you was basically the girl is pointing to black feminists as being a problem so I kind of want to just talk about the article in general um but explore that idea as well of black feminists being the reason for this movie not doing well i'm struggling with saying flopping because it says that it flopped but for me if the studio expected it to do had a range and it did the bottom of that range it wasn't a flop i don't yeah i don't think it's a flop yeah and i read this um i think it was from the la times Uh, i read this article from the la times and they talked to a representative from Fox and he basically said that, you know, the movie didn't do bad. Like, yeah, if you can compare it to other numbers, I think like a lot of people are comparing it to opening weekend of 12 years of slave, which I believe did like 12 million dollars or something like that. Um, and all of these other movies that are similar in nature and saying how they did really, really well um, compared to Birth of a Nation or they did better than Birth of a Nation. I think they said like be- uh, Beloved which came out on like, was it like 98 or something like that? Beloved did in the box office, maybe was like 8.9 million. They're saying like, oh, even that did better than Birth of a Nation. And so people are pointing to, people are saying that it's a flop. And for me, it's kind of like, well, if they expected it to do a range and it even if it just hit the range, it didn't flop. So forgive me for not saying flop because I'm trying to say like it didn't do as well um, or it didn't do that good. But, you know, I just want to make sure that everybody has the baseline of what it is and why I'm not saying flop because I don't necessarily think that it I don't know if it's safe to say if it's a flop if it wasn't expected to do that well. However, mm-hmm. whatever. So anyway, getting into this article, uh, the title of the article is Birth of a Nation's Box Office Flop and the Unrepentant Pettiness of Black Feminists. Um, yeah, that's... <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about... What, what do you think about just in general? Um, just your initial response after reading the article. Like, what did you... How did you initially feel about it? Um... After reading it, uh, I could see like I could see how it would be a thing like black feminists to blame um, for the nation's numbers. Um, but then I read actually I read another article in, in with that one where it was um, it might have been medium or the nation or one of them, but a guy was talking about like black people go just like any other demographic go to the movies for escapism Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily want to be challenged with that like they're dealing with stuff monday through friday they want to be entertained they don't necessarily want to be educated in a sense so if they got to make a choice between a movie that's going to entertain them and a movie that's going to challenge them they're going to pick entertainment because they've been challenged monday through friday exactly so if i if i'm thinking through that and I'm looking at this, I could see the point of feminism and this impact that they had on the movie. But I think more of what the author was saying in the other article is that, you know, Birth of a Nation doesn't didn't have any really major leads that people knew. Like Nate Parker is still on the rise in a sense. And I think he took a major hit with what happened. But it's not like there's a Denzel movie out. Like if they say you want to see that new Denzel movie or you want to see that new Nate Parker movie. Right. They gonna, a lot of people are going to be like, who the heck is Nate Parker? Right. 
a, a lot of black people still don't even know who Nate Parker is. Like, so that's why even a lot of people don't even know the story. And I think for us who are millennials that are engaged in culture and a little bit more cultured, we're connected to all of this. And then sometimes we, f- we forget that a lot of, um, maybe our family members are other family and friends don't really care because they don't even know who these people are. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so we're making all these, um, these kind of judgments or thoughts based on things that are really connected to our core and our friends or our demographic of people we hang out with. Um, but I can see how the black feminism kind of played, um, for us as the, you know, the young professional black millennials not seeing it because I was, I was scrolling on my timeline the other day and a girl like went, she's like a womanist theologian. She went slap in on the forever Duncan video because she was like, this man chose this thing for this lady. She ain't getting nothing. And this is what I'm talking about. Men trying to rule us. And I'm like, Oh man, like zero to six. Like it's, I, she seemed, the lady seemed happy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just me. I just, I don't want to be overboard. I mean, I think critiques are good, but then you ended up, you end up sounding like me in a lot of, when I said you have to listen to the tone of a person to see if they're bitter before you gauge what their advice is, because I think when you give advice through the, the lens and the, the uh, bitter tongue, sometimes it's not really the best for everybody. It's right. just how you're feeling. And sometimes we have to get out our feelings and really deal with like the reality of the situation and look at it from all angles. And sometimes our feelings lie because feelings aren't facts. And so I think in that regard, um, I wouldn't blame black feminism on the lack of numbers because you, like you said, it wasn't a flop based on Fox. Um, but it might have may have did more from maybe a black young professional audience if um they didn't kind of crucify Nate Parker. Yeah. So I think that's my initial thoughts. Yeah. I think for me initially just in reading the article, which we'll get more into later, um, but I was just like, oh yeah, she just really pissed off at black feminists. Like they really just upset her and I know she kind of made it a point at the end to point out that like if you want to write off what she's saying as if you know she's just angry or upset with a group of people then you're missing what she's saying which I feel like there there were some things in the article that she pointed out that I feel like deserve a conversation and we'll talk about those more but I don't necessarily think that it's fair to say that the movie flopped even if let's say we take we we take 7 million as a baseline of flopping um which for any other although that was their expectations right let's say that they had higher expectations before two months ago prior than two months ago before it came out because for you know to be quite honest they paid 17 million dollars for this film so there was an expectation more than likely of that they can definitely that they're gonna make at some point in time more than 17 million dollars off of this film Mm -hmm. um so one would say well 
they lost $10 million. If you just consider the first week, right, right now they're under they because they lost it. So I can kind of see that. And we're just, let's just roll with the idea of it being a flop. I think for me, I just kind of struggle. Cause I'm like, well, I don't know if I can necessarily blame that completely just on black feminists. Kind of like you said, it just in the realm of movies are entertainment, right? People typically go to a movie theater to see a movie because it's entertaining. And so if I'm going to get away, uh, if I'm going to just be entertained and this film is not times out of 10 going to be very heavy, it's going to be a lot of gore. It's going to be a lot of unjust things, unjust things that are happening, things that I don't necessarily it's not going to make me feel good about it. Like, it's not like I just watched this movie and it's like, all right, let's uh, go turn out with people, turn up with people that don't look like me. It's like, nah, <laughs> I need to, I need a minute. Like I probably need to call in black tomorrow because I, I just got to get myself together because there was a lot to watch and to take in. So I guess for me, I, considering those things, I don't necessarily know if it's fair to just point the blame on black feminists. I was having a conversation with some friends about this and I think I got to the place where I can understand how black f- the thoughts of this powerful and influential group of black women. I don't even know if I can say black black feminists. Black women are very influential, very powerful, mm-hmm. especially on social media, especially black Twitter. Um, I think they have a voice and they, they have influence and a, a huge influence in the culture. Um, mm-hmm. And because of that, I can say I can see how people would be influenced by it. Um, I was given pause, not necessarily because of the thoughts of others, but just really just hearing about it. It becomes like, wait, I, I want to take a, I, I got to take a pause. Like, I feel like I got to think this thing through. And, you know, it still ultimately decided to see the film on opening weekend. Um, and I was very intentional about wanted to see it on opening weekend. I remember seeing, I think it was a post that like Candy Burris made on Instagram, basically saying that she bought a ticket and wasn't going to be able to see it on opening weekend, but she still bought a ticket and I plan to do the same thing. It's like, if I can't actually physically go to see it, I'm still going to buy a, a ticket just for opening weekend, not because of Nate Parker, but because of the story in general. Um, so I think just initially I, I after reading the article, just as a whole, I just don't feel like it's fair to point the blame on black feminists. And then I also, to be honest, I have a very, when people start to critique, when we critique ourselves in a public space and we, we use, we cite things like, you know, black people are unsupportive or black people would rather spend their money or, or give lip service as opposed to actually spend spending money and you know this black person had enough money to just pay for this movie all their own like things like that for me i get a little i'm kind of taken aback because it, it becomes okay so what are you really mad at right you might have a valid point to some degree but your execution tells me that this runs a lot deeper. Your mm-hmm. execution tells me that there are some other things at play that maybe this has given you a, a, a good space, a platform or a good topic, you know, to kind of show off, express your the other frustrations that you have. But I don't necessarily know if, you know, the sales of this movie is all of where you come from. So just initially that kind of was like 
that's where I came from. For me, it was just kind of like, eh, you know, I don't really know if this is fair to say. And I still kind of feel that way. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily know, per se, if that's like a fair way to, to view it. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, I, the, the the other thing I wanted to say, so let's let's take on this idea. Let's put ourselves in the space of this article, right? And so let's say that black feminists... Um, are to blame for low numbers, right? Or for the fall. Mm-hmm. We're going to say that. So do you think that if that's the case, then the argument becomes that because black feminists or black women or black people, um, this the article was very geared towards black women and black feminists. So let's just explore that idea. Because they were so um, anti this film because of how they felt about Nate Parker that the film did bad. So because we want these types of stories to be told, right. And we want to see more black people, um, in film and, 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 and television and entertainment on the big screen and leading roles and more, not just more black people there, but honestly more authentic black stories being told. The alternative to me would be for people to just shut up, to just silence themselves. So people that legit have, you know, questions or concerns about the situation that Nate Parker found himself in being in those spaces. Um, The alternative, at least in my mind, is that, well, if you're pointing the finger at them and blaming them for the sales being low, essentially in order for the sales to be high, you would tell them to shut up. But then there's real people that actually have real apprehension because of personal experiences with, you know, sexual assault or, you know, friends or honestly just hearing the topic and it just being not something that they want to support. So is the number one is the alternative for them to shut their mouths? And is it if it is and if they are at fault, like, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to just say, hey, I'm going to ride for what the the good of the people or the the perceived good of the people and just you know chuck my own personal apprehensions and ill will to the wind like is that is that what's supposed to happen i don't know i think you have to be like guided by your own in that i don't know if it's a right or wrong you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. everybody i think convictions are going to be different on that basis you know what i'm saying like in a I do believe, you know, there are some more absolutes, but I, there are within more absolutes. I think there's kind of some room for relative um, thought in, in, in choices like these, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, well, I mean, there's no perfect person that produces work. You, you feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so am I judging you by your moral perfection or am I judging you by your by your art because i mean even in in my field i I work in theology you know david the the person that wrote the psalms that we that christians love was an adulterer he let his daughter get raped you know what i'm saying (laughs) and didn't say anything Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of really jacked up things morally but i still can open up my bible and read the psalm that he wrote and be like man Dang, that just blessed my life. You know what I'm saying? I don't discard what he wrote because of who he, the mistakes he made. And in the same case, and that would be in this, I think you can apply that same thing and say, you know, I'm not going to discount this work because of the person behind it. Um, 
So I think it, it just depends on on that person. Am I making sense? Yeah, no, I completely I completely follow you. I think it's what the question that I, I, I really think it is, is should in a situation like this, should we have to choose? I think sometimes we we reach a certain point where it's should I forego my personal feelings or choice or thought for like what's for the good of the people, if you will. Um, seeing a film like this be successful and do well is just like with everything else. Honestly, when things start to come out and do well, people are trying to do similar things like that. Things like that that they want to see because it's like, oh, you know, movie studios are like, well, this is what people like. Here's what people want to see. They want to see you know, a romantic comedy about guys cheating on women. Like, they want to see that. So you're going to come out with a, a Think Like a Man and then a Think Like a Man too, And then you're going to have, uh, what it, it was is another movie that came out with like Kevin Hart in it. And so it was like, you start having these movies that are kind of similar in plot, but it's because it's like, yo, that's what people want to see because it's done really well. So I want to green light something that's going to be similar to that because that's what the people are looking for. So I can get that, you know, if people go out and see this movie, Potentially other stories are going to be told um, more people will want to see this on the big screen and it's going to get green green lit. But should a person say that, OK, well, because of that, I think I need to I feel uneasy about this movie because of the creator. But I probably should just shut up because I want to actually see more films like this for the people. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, I don't. <laughs> It's very, very tricky. It's very tricky, but I don't think so. And I say that as somebody that personally will take, I'll I'll take a position of, you know, I'm the person that I don't care how good or bad your service is. I always leave 20% tip, mm-hmm. always. And that is because for me, I'm working to change the narrative that black people don't tip. Um, however, I do. I kind of have like a modified way of addressing that. So I believe that we should do things for the good of the people. But I think that in a in a space, in a situation like this with something that is so personal and something that honestly can cause so much other like, you know, personal turmoil. People have tried like, like this is something that people really, really suffer from having experienced some sort of sexual abuse. Um, and suffer in ways that sometimes you won't know, you won't realize that you're this way or you've become this person or you respond to people in a certain way because you were sexually assaulted. So I think that's something that's so personal that for me, honestly, it's okay if you don't, if, if you take a personal stance against based on some experience that you have, or honestly, you just not disagreeing with it. In this case, I don't think that you should have to forego your feelings to like, make sure that more movies like this are going to be greenlit because Mm -hmm. I feel like there's, there's a lot of black media out there now. Um, And I, I, I think I've let go of this idea that if we don't support this one movie, they're never going to make another one. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we're at a place now in 2016 when we're seeing that black faces sell, where we're seeing that black leads are successful. We're seeing that authentic storytelling, honestly, um, with things like Netflix, 
it, it does really well um and you can get to a place now again netflix is not you know the movie theater if you will i kind of venture to say that had this movie premiered apparently netflix wanted to buy it for like 20 million dollars but he decided to go with uh fox because he wanted to be in actual theaters but yeah, i venture he lost money yeah, I venture to say that honestly, had it been on Netflix, it nobody would have said anything. Uh, yeah, I feel like nobody would have said anything, and it honestly, would have done. It would have been more successful in term in terms of it being more wide stream, and more people would have been more open to seeing it um, because it, it it wasn't in theaters. And honestly, I feel like Netflix kind of gives us you know some controversial things and they like that <laughs> so the fact that you know something would have come out about him i honestly think it would have drove more people to say hey i'm gonna watch it um i don't know what that would have done in terms of his pocket or even netflix pocket if you will if that's a thing that really um matters so much uh in 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 this space but i think that i think it would have been a, just a bit more successful but i really don't think that when it comes to something like sexual assault that if you feel a certain way that you should have to forego it for the good of the people but that leads me to the next question which um i think is something that's really interesting and i kind of see people doing it and she mentions it in the article um i see people doing this a lot and i i myself and have been guilty of it as well as well so basically it talks about she talked about people people being successful based on like public perception and popularity and how a person honestly may not do that well they may have good art great art be very talented but if twitter or public opinion thinks that you're trash or they have like a bad perception of who you are then you'll probably not do well. Um, so my, my question becomes, do you, is it, is it fair? Is it safe to kind of, is it okay? Is it fair to judge a person's art based on them? Should the two tie? Because art is an extension of a person in some way. So should you judge a person's art based on how you feel about them? Is that a safe space? Um, I think it's a such thing as being um, a critical participant. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of what our culture has a problem doing is living in the gray. You know what I'm saying? It has to be like, oh, I support you and I support your art all at one time. And it's kind of like I can support your art and I could and I could critique you as a person, but still fully support the work you do. You know what I'm saying? I mm -hmm. think we have a hard time doing that. And I don't necessarily have to judge you buy your art or make you this grand person or you're super moral or great because you produce great art or do I have to expect you to be this person morally that that um just because I like your art I just don't think when people produce a body of work especially art I really think sometimes people disconnect themselves and maybe in their art, they're producing something that they want to be mm -hmm. and not able to manifest in their personal life. And they're producing ideas of, and hopes of what they could be. And maybe the idea in their art, of what they wanted to be, they, their life actually has to catch up or maybe they made some mistakes and they're trying to be better or better themselves. Right. I mean, I just, I think you have to give people space to fail because we're all human 
And if I failed, but then I have some banging art, then I can be able to support that art. But I can I can critique you on an area that you felt considering that I failed um, myself. Um, however, you know, I still could say this art is dope, but hey, you need to get your life together. And I think we have to not promote in our culture celebrities and make them when we promote celebrities, we want them to, we've talked about it. We want them to speak on everything. We, right. we want them to talk about politics. We want them to talk about this and that. What do you think about this? No, that's not, that's not their lane. Like they never committed to that. They did art and their art happened to be dope. That doesn't make them an expert on how I live my life. They shouldn't be a God to my life just because they produce dope art. Exactly. I'm 100% in full <laughs> full support of that. I think that what I realize is in this space with social media, the, the, the benefit of social, the things that make people successful in social media is that people like you. It's the idea of likes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I like you, I like you because of what I see. Your social media is perceived to be your life, what your life is. So no matter what you put out, undoubtedly, people think that this is the full scope of your life mm-hmm. 10 times out of 10 that's not true mm-hmm. like it is not that isn't that's one subset of your life good bad or indifferent if you're a person that posts everything or you're a person that posts some things or you're a pers- person that posts uh posts nothing this is not the full scope of your life but because it's social media people expect it to be your life so they buy into this idea of if i if I like if whatever you're putting out that I like you, I like you based on that. So if I don't like you, then I can't like what you produce. Um, and it's it's different from the days of yesteryear when there was no social media. So what we knew celebrities were very mysterious and we knew what they gave us in interviews, which were most times heavily edited, you know, very controlled. They've had a copy of the questions. They know what was going to be asked. They've had a say so and what you will put out and what you won't put out. And one of the things that is that a critique of Oprah had, had been for years was that she controlled the narrative of her show of all of her interviews and of everybody that she, every interview that she did Mm -hmm. and every interview that she, um, every interview that she, every time she interviewed somebody, like she controlled that, that completely. And so what people used to critique her on was to say that, Oh, well, you know, you're not getting a real, you're not getting a real her, you know, people really want to know what the real her is, is and you're not getting that so people were you know critiqued her on that but she was able to control that narrative and today people you can't do that and so people believe that no matter what you put out be it art be it you know photos of your family whatever this is the full scope and that's what they want they mm-hmm. want the very very full scope of who you are and so because of that it's like well I don't like you. And if I build this idea that I don't like you, then that means that your art has to go down and they both kind of get tackled in the attack of, which I don't think is fair, but I, I do. I'll acknowledge. I do it all the time. Honestly, there are some artists that I don't listen to their music, which might even be dope because I just don't care for what I see in their personality. And mm-hmm. I hate it because I'm a person that music is my first love. I love music. I can 
I listen to music like all the time, all day. I'm always trying to find like new music, new sounds. I love it, right? Mm-hmm. But if there's an artist that I just don't like what I perceive their personality to be, I probably won't listen to their music. I feel like I'm not going to waste my time. But in this time, I've just been challenged to realize how dangerous that can be, right? Because you kind of, somebody can be creating something. And this is not me making an excuse for for, uh, Nate Parker, because I do, I 100% wholeheartedly believe that people should be allowed to feel the way they feel. But I do recognize that sometimes someone's art can be so powerful and so good for people to know and for people to consume. But because our culture teaches us to shut down or we kind of teach each other to shut people down, if you don't like them, then you just won't experience it. And then that I feel like that just kind of creates this domino effect of causing more problems because it's like we become divided. Right. We become divided on just not just in terms of race, but just in terms of the perception that you have of this individual that probably makes some dope art, but it's just crazy. They just Mm -hmm. they're just crazy as heck. And, you know, like maybe they're just really, really annoying or really frustrating. You just don't like the fact that they're so loud and irritating. But you see that they're doing something that's really I mean, they're doing something that's really good, but you just don't want to support it because you just don't like them in general. Um, I hear that Keisha Cole does great things for her hometown, right? Mm-hmm. I clown Keisha Cole all the time. <laughs> like, and maybe not even personally clown her, but if somebody is putting something on Instagram about her selling like them them fish dinners, I'm cracking up. I'm liking it. It's it's just hilarious. But honestly, she does, from what I hear, some amazing things for her family, who she's very passionate about. Um trying to get them and you know in a in a self-sustainable place in a place where they're doing good really takes care of them she apparently is a really good friend she's very all about loyalty which i respect and i love so it's kind of like i can see how this person is just really good but honestly public opinion she's trash now and so i be just like I don't really care what she's doing. She's coming to concert. I mean, you can give me a free ticket, and I'm not going. But <laughs> as a person, from what I hear, is like, yo, I hear she's like a really solid person. Like she really is a good person. Probably somebody that I can kick it with. But because I've kind of developed this perception of you know her just being trash because she's had a bad attitude, or because she because of the stuff that she said about Michelle Williams, and it's just to me it was just kind of like yeah no I'm just done with her I don't care about her like Keisha Cole who like no she sucks yada 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 all mm-hmm. of this stuff that you know people drag her for and it's kind of like well you know really and truly there's more to that person than just that like that's something that you don't like about them but honestly there's something else that she the song that she has with Monica Trust. That was like the main song of hers that I liked. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to that song since the whole Michelle Williams thing. <laughs> no lie. Love. The song is dope. Monica sounds great on the song. Like, it's just really, really dope. I have not pressed play on that song since that time. And that was like a smooth four or five years ago. Just you need to send Keisha Cole a nice tweet on Twitter. Yeah, so no, I'm not going to do that. But I'm just being <laughs> honest. <laughs> I'm just being honest, though. You know, just being honest and saying, like, 
it's something I realized, I recognize, especially in this place, it's kind of caused me to kind of think about it and, you know, just realize like how this can be dangerous for the culture and for, for us just in general. Like if you, if you start to take what you perceive a person to be and just completely write off every aspect of their life, honestly, you could potentially people having that, thank God for, you know, the people that support people and are able to do it or just like hardcore fans because you know she's still able to afford herself a life and i'm speaking of keisha cole still like she's able to afford herself a life where she can give back to her community um and take care of her family and if it were if everybody thought like i would i would basically just stop this lady from eating because i don't like her attitude per se and then all of these other people or these opportunities that she has to help other people just, you know, goes by the wayside. Like these people got to find another way as opposed to just being like, you know what? I just don't like this aspect of her. But, yo, she made this song. I listened to it. I actually think it's dope. I'm going to support it. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. just now I'm just kind of like, yeah, just it's crap. It's trash. I don't care what she's doing. Whatever. It, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, society can't function like that if we, you know, like you're saying, it's going to be problematic. If we continue to judge people based on one aspect of them um, and not seeing people as multi-layered, you know? Yeah, because um, that's, that's that really and truly is what we are. So, yeah, let us know what y'all think about uh, this article, about the movie. Do you feel like it's a flop? Do you feel like it was the feminist fault that it was a flop? Um, let us know what you think. You can hashtag chat BC. We would love to hear with you, hear from you, interact with you. And we just uh, thank you for the support. And we'll be back with our toast or roast. And now we're back for our toast or roast. I want to toast to Jessica Pearson on Suits. Um, I am a avid Suits watcher. I love suits. Uh, Randall, he gave up on it. Um, yeah, it's too many episodes. I'm not catching up with that. <laughs> <laughs> but she is like one of my favorite ca- black characters on TV. And I don't know. It's funny because I don't know her real name, but I know she married the Lawrence Fishburg, Larry Fishburg in real life. But I don't know her real name, but I know she's Jessica Pearson on Suits. And I just caught up with Suits and she's left the show. So I just want to shout out to her. I'm sad to see her go, but she's an incredible actress. And if you're listening by chance to Brunch Culture, know that I appreciate your work. <laughs> and you wore some you wore some amazing clothes, and I appreciate that about you. Your clothes and your one-liner were amazing. And you were a go-getter. You represented black women well on, on TV. So shout out to Jessica Pearson. I know that was kind of a shallow one, but you know, Hey, we all have our, our own toast and roast. So, toast <laughs> to Jessica Pearson on suit. Nice. So this week, I am going to uh, give a toast as well. Um, I actually wanted to roast somebody, but I found out something that was pretty dope. So Huffington Post actually posted a list of 18 black and Hispanic podcasters leading Miami's podcast uh, movement. So there's a lot of podcasts that are coming out of Miami. And so... They gave uh, they had a list of podcasts that they did a shout out to. So I found out, which I didn't know, 
um, there's a podcast. It's a it's a fairly new podcast, um, the Young and Eager podcast, which is hosted by a guy named. It's Brandon, Ronnie, and Erica. Erica is actually someone that I went to undergrad with, um, and I didn't even know she had a podcast. So I saw this list, and it was on Health Post, and so I was like, dope. And I went and listened to the podcast, and it's three young professionals, honestly, just out here having great conversations and challenging conversations and very nuanced conversations. So as a podcaster from one podcaster, one podcaster to another podcaster, I just wanted to congratulate Erica and, um, uh, her, her podcasting mates and just say, yo, I'm enjoying the show and just encourage every, all of our listeners to, you know, check out the show to, uh, go to iTunes and look up the young and eager podcast. And they also have a website, which I believe is the young and eager podcast.net. If it's wrong, I do apologize, but I wanted to give a toast to, because I just love seeing, you know, people understand the power of podcasting and the power of sharing ideas and really pushing the narrative of things that matter to young professionals, to black young professionals and to the world at large. And we're really using our voices and using our technology um, to impact the world. So I just want to say toast to you guys and I wish you guys nothing but success. And yeah, if you guys are listening to brunch culture, make sure you take a minute to go over to the young and eager podcast and listen to it. So toast to them. That's dope. And we want to leave you with our good vibe. Our good vibe today comes from James Baldwin. Says, if I love you, I have to make you conscious of the things you do not see. And it is so relevant because I feel like before we even started recording this podcast, both me and Randall are great friends and we love each other and we show each other the things that we did not see. So I feel like this is dope. So (laughs) so if you love somebody, make them conscious of the things that they might not see, because I believe self-awareness is a community effort. So, yeah. I'm here for it. As always, guys, we thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. Um, you guys know where to find us on Twitter at Brunch Culture and on Instagram at Brunch underscore culture. You can find us at our website at brunchculturebc.com. Um, and make sure you guys are sharing the episodes. We thank you guys so much for supporting us and, you know, just continue to be out here with us. We love doing Brunch Culture. We love what we do. It's great. I love to see so many um, other you know, podcast, you guys shout out to podcast and color, um, who we shouted out here before. I think I, I, I posted a while ago that I actually got to meet Barry at Afropunk and she was very nice, very welcoming, just really, really cool. And I was kind of shocked that I was like, Oh, Hey, I do a podcast brunch culture. She's like brunch culture. I know brunch culture. And I'm like, yeah, it is so dope. Um, so shout out for her, for what she's doing. There's so many, you know, black podcasts and podcasts of color that's honestly out here. Just people are sharing great ideas and it's all it's about different things we have people that are you know funny people that are talking about you know life and career and culture and giving tips and and beauty and health and it's just so many podcasts out here um and i just love being a part of this movement and i love seeing so many people that are out here that are making a way and sharing ideas and honestly challenging each other in the culture to be better so Thank you guys so much. I know that was another like kind of toast. I'm so sorry, but I just kind of felt the need to say that. But we thank you guys so much for listening to podcast for listening to podcast. Jesus, listening to brunch culture, and remember here at brunch culture, everything is up for discussion. Oh.